It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. Now that we're in our ninth episode, I have a confession to make. I really hate starting these things out. I go through like five or six takes going, hey everybody. And I hate every one of them. Even listening back to this one, I know I'm going to hate it. I know I sound like an idiot. I know it. But I don't know what else to do. We really appreciate everybody who listens to this. And we want more people to listen to it. So I'm trying to start out and be interesting and engaging and likable and all those kind of things. And I think, no, no, I don't think. I know that I fail miserably. I know what I sound like. But we can't figure out anything or any way to make it sound cooler. So if you have any kind of suggestions, go ahead and let us know. You notice that we started out with the more intense, serious music this time, and that's because we have a really interesting guest on. Sports gambler Garrett Bradford is going to join us, and this is a guy that started out as a bookie running numbers in high school and then ended up in Vegas flat broke eating nothing but pancakes while hitchhiking, went from that to establish a successful sports betting business. So I think his personal story is really interesting, but I also think that he's going to have some really good tips if you're a sports gambler or just if you really want to know how this works. Because I have no idea how sports gambling really works, but I am fascinated by it. I'm also fascinated by how really pervasive it is, and he has some good stories about that. Because if you've ever been in like a bar or any kind of setting like that, a public setting, you've heard somebody screaming about the game, I'm going to go with a 99% chance that that person has money on it. I want to begin, though, with something that's been nagging at the back of my mind for the last couple of weeks and months and now has been officially confirmed for me. I am getting dumber. My brain does just not work the way that it used to. I can't think as quickly. I can't focus. I can't concentrate. I can't do a single task for more than 15 minutes and just sit there and focus on it. Even now recording this. My BlackBerry has a little red light on it. Yes, I have a BlackBerry. And that red light keeps flashing, and my dark eyes just keep darting over there, just wondering, what is it? What is it? What is it? I got to check. I got to look. And man, that pisses me off. Like, what is happening to my brain? Why am I like this now? And I think, I know that this has become white noise at this point, but I really think it's because of my phone and the stuff that I'm doing on it. 
there was times where I, I don't even think about it and somehow this thing just ends up in my hand that I'm scrolling through looking at stuff. So I've really started, I'm going to start this conscious effort to try to focus on one task at a time and just put the phone away and not look at it and not touch it. Because I feel like I don't have as much time to just let my mind wander. Not that I don't have time, but I'm not allowing my brain to kind of wander. Like what, why, why can't I just, even during the editing process, when you're pushing this thing out and it takes like 15 minutes for it to go through, I've got to be on that. Like, why can't I just sit there for a couple of minutes and stare at the wall? I used to do that. I wonder, though, if, if it's the stuff that I'm looking at. Because I'm usually looking at GIFs or GIFs or however you're supposed to pronounce that in memes and memes and generally kind of stuff that is funny and entertaining and a lot of times creative, but maybe isn't the most highbrow intellectual stuff. Like I'm not steep, stimulating the deeper parts of my brain with the things that I'm looking at. So I wonder if it's the stuff that I'm looking at or just the simple act of constantly looking at things that I honestly feel has rewired my brain and made me stupider. So I'm going to try to actively combat that moving forward. Okay, so now let's go ahead and let's get to our first guest. This is Garrett Bradford with ForensicSports.com, and he is a professional sports gambler. So how did you get into gambling? I've been hustling since high school. Uh, I ran book out of high school. Uh, I ran it at the local bars in the community up in northern Minnesota. Uh, I took bets on high school games, uh, and then I just developed that into college. When you got started, it was more kind of under-the-table stuff then. Oh, big time. I was just a kid hustling. And uh, I was running numbers for my friends and then uh, their friends' dads and then uh, the police, uh, judges, the whole city. Then I was running for the big players. And it's just been part of my life that when when I – when I see all the normalcy, finally, it's kind of it's kind of weird for me because now I can tell people what I'm doing, but for you know thirty plus years, I've always been concealing it. You know what? What was it about? What was it about gambling though that kind of even in high school got you into it? Was it just the numbers? Was it the games? Was it what was it about it? I never got into sports from a viewership standpoint, but I really got into it as a playing standpoint. And then when I found out there's a way to make money off it, I was all in. I mean, being in high school doing that stuff, did you ever have problems collecting or anything? I mean, how did that work? To tell you the truth, the community was definitely fear, uh, in fear of my old man. And But what they didn't understand is he had no part of this. Oh. And, so I, and so I had a reputation of having a lot of muscle behind me, but in reality I didn't. But what I did is I'd say, you know, you don't want to pay me, don't. You'll never bet in this town again. And not only won't you bet in this town again, you won't get any drugs, you won't get any girls, you won't get anything under the table that you want in this town. All I have to do is make a phone call. Was that was that kind of strange for you growing up in the sense that here's this thing is supposed to be illegal, but then here are the police and you know the city officials and the judges are all doing it anyway? Everybody's dirty, just what level. And so I've always felt that this moralistic stand by people is laughable. And I've always thought, as long as you're not hurting people physically, you know, a lot of people look the other way. Have you ever had just like a really bad beat, like just a really bad stroke of luck? Yes, all the 
Is there one that sticks? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I went broke. I did things the wrong way as a youth. I learned a lot of tough lessons. Uh, you know, I, as a kid, I hitchhiked to Vegas and back. I, I hitchhiked to Vegas with uh, $2,000 in my pocket, and I made a living for five years gambling on sports. Well, I went broke, and I had to hitchhike back home. And how did that happen? I was an amateur, and I did amateur things. I chased my money. I panicked. Uh, I lost focus on what got me to where I was and, and to what is the right thing to do, and that's the amateur. I went the hard way, and I learned the hard way on the streets of America. And I'll tell you this, I went so broke that um, the people locked the doors, all my clothes, all my belongings were in there. I had no money, and I was scraping quarters to be able to get the all-you-can-eat pancakes so I could fill my jacket because that's what I was going to eat on my hitchhike home in Minnesota. How big is football season? It's everything. Um, all the other stuff is card games at your friend's house on a Saturday compared to a casino. Uh, NFL football is king. College football is right behind it. And then all the others combined doesn't match the NFL. In terms of the betting standpoint, is college or pro generally like the the safer bet? Uh, with NFL football, those numbers are tight. So you need to be on your best uh, quote-unquote behavior when you're betting them college you can get a lot more flexibility and a lot of it, they don't have to report injuries uh, they can be very vague with their personnel and uh, so you need to get the, the latest information and be up on it are there any teams that you are like i'm not betting on that team or anything like that well i go to uh, every year for me is different um i look at a psychological standpoint are the coaching staffs the same uh, are the players generally the same uh, are there the injuries? Uh, how is their team constructed? Because everybody wants to go off a of last year. I don't do that. Uh, I want to look at exactly how the system is set up and what I hear out of each camp and what I hear out of the public and what they're doing. So a lot of that goes into it. But it's a lot of, for me, it's more of a psychological standpoint of where teams are and their mindsets going into it. Sometimes, like, I'll just have a feeling. Like, I just feel like a team is going to win. Is that a good betting strategy or, or no? No. You have to be disciplined. You have to be knowledgeable. And I, what I always tell people is the way to make a living in this business that, that I've had for over 30 years is how do you handle losing? Because you've got to bounce back, essentially. No, you just can't allow it to affect you. To me, when I watch a win or a loss, it's the same. When you see other people make bets, I mean, is, is there a common mistake that people will make? Yeah, they play the favorites. Why is that a mistake? I don't know that much. Why, why, why is that a bad move? Because they know them. What's on ESPN? What's on Fox News? Cowboys, Packers. It's not, if they were always a moneymaker, we nobody would work. Is that kind of the idea that you know, people tend to bet, let's say, Eagles, Patriots, when they should be betting, like, University of Alabama, Birmingham against Western Mississippi or something. Absolutely. I rarely go on those high-profile games. You know, what I'm on is I'm on uh, Troy, Boise. Uh, I'm on Florida International, Indiana. Nobody's betting those games. Is that now? Is that generally more profitable because there's not as much information out there, or just because the odds are different? What's the best bet you ever made? Donald Trump to win the presidency at 10-1.
Really? How much did you put down, can I ask? Thousand bucks. So that would have paid off ten thousand. What's the worst one you ever met made? Uh, it's the ones that when I don't when I make it and I'm on the wrong side and I know it right away. Those are the ones that I have to go back and look again and and think about, okay, where did I make the mistake here? And I do that every Monday or excuse me, every Tuesday after the weekend and I'll go over every game with a fine tooth comb to see where I made my right calls and the wrong calls. Because like I said, in this business, I need to go 55, 56% that I have a great living. Can you usually identify something that you made a mistake? Like, oh, I should have known that this left tackle had a bad knee. Or is it just the wind picked up at this one particular moment and the whole thing was over? No, I mean, if a, if a guy kicker mixes a kick or a guy drops the ball in the end zone, I don't know. I had the right side in that game. I look at coaching philosophy. Where did these coaches in their game planning go wrong? Because I saw this game totally different, and I haven't been. I'm a thousand miles from that team. Obviously, these coaches and that coaching staff are with this team 24/7. It's their livelihood. Why were they so off in their game plan that I would have saw it totally different? Are there a certain like what players are the most important players that you're looking at? So like David Johnson of the Cardinals pulls out two days before a game, that's not necessarily going to change your mind too much? Right. The quarterback, though, is a key component because now that backup is a huge drop-off on most teams. See, and here's where college is different. The college kid might even be better. Is this parlay stuff that I... So I don't, like I mentioned, I don't know that much about gambling, but I always have friends, like, I've got to have this team in my fifth parlay i mean is that usually a way to go about it or do you just like bet one game at a time yes i advise against parlays it's a sucker bet if you're gonna sit around with your friends on a sunday and you got the day off and you want to throw 20 bucks down on a four-teamer knock yourself out when i'm all for that's fun you're enjoying yourself there's nothing wrong with that if you're gonna make a living i would advise against going parlays i feel like you look at this the same way you stockbrokers look at the stock market So I may have this understood incorrectly, but the lines usually come out what Sunday game, the lines will come out what day? Well, there's advanced right now. I can bet any uh, NFL game I want to throughout the whole year. Is it better to kind of bet earlier, or do you like to wait till the last minute? I prefer last minute, but I will jump on a number I think is really off. Is there any lines out there that you'll see where 
the odds makers might be trying to sucker somebody in. Like they'll bet this team, but they actually think the other team is going to win, so they try to draw people in. They'll never admit that, but of course they do. They're betters just like us. You know, Nevada Sportsbooks won $4 million bucks in July. That's the 60th consecutive winning month for the house. So they're doing it the right way. If they start taking the attitude of the better, that's when they start losing. So like if it was, let's say, Texans, Cowboys, Dallas is minus three, would that mean that they really think the other team is going to win? Is well, it- with the Dallas team, they're, they're already going to cook the books, meaning that they know naturally that Dallas is going to get more action. So that line might be a true line of Dallas one and a half, but because they know they're going to get so much Dallas public money just by being the Cowboys, and that they have so many more fans. I mean, they outnumber the fans of the Texans probably 50 to one. But they're just going to get naturally more money, so they're going to put it at three when the actual true odd would be one and a half. Are amateurs, so to speak, that you talk to or hear from, are they usually pretty close, or are you like, man, you have no idea? Well, it would be the difference between a college football player and a pro football player. They can play the game, but can they make a living at it? Have you ever had just like a really bad beat, like just a really bad stroke of luck? In, in an individual game, they're like, I cannot believe that that happened. Yes, all the time. Is there one that sticks? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I went broke. I did things the wrong way as a youth. I learned a lot of tough lessons. Uh, you know, I, as a kid, I hitchhiked to Vegas and back. I, I hitchhiked to Vegas with uh, $2,000 in my pocket, and I made a living for five years gambling on sports. Well, I went broke. And I had to hitchhike back home. And how did that happen? I was an amateur, and I did amateur things. I chased my money. I panicked. Uh, I lost focus on what got me to where I was and, and to what is the right thing to do. And that's the amateur. I went the hard way, and I learned the hard way on the streets of America. And I'll tell you this. I went so broke that um, the people locked the doors. All my clothes, all my belongings were in there. I had no money, and I was scraping quarters to be able to get the all-you-can-eat pancakes so I could fill my jacket because that's what I was going to eat on my hitchhike home into Minnesota. Somebody hears this, they want to go ahead and, and sign up with you. What do they need to know? I mean, how does your system work? Well, all they have to do is, first of all, give me a call. Uh, they can go to the website, ForensicSports.com. Uh, email me. I'm on Twitter at MuchoBets. Uh, and uh, I can answer any questions that they have. Uh, we have two plans. Uh, the first plan is where they sign up with me for the year, and they turn it all over to me. I set up their accounts. I set up all their investments. And then all I have to do is, however we figure out how to communicate with each other, I will send them all their action for the day. Uh, they will have a statement, just like a bank statement, showing all their addits and debits, uh, and I will take care of everything for them. Uh, the other plan is where they sign up, and I send them what I would advise, and they can do what they want with it. I offer a money-back guarantee that any money that they've given me, I will return in 100% in full if I haven't made them a profit in one calendar year. Uh, because if I haven't made them a profit, that means I didn't make a profit, and I can't afford not to make a profit for my bottom line. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and call John. And recently, we really haven't been doing the is he going to answer and pretend to be a restaurant thing. I think we're going to try to throw him off and bring it back. I'm going to go with no, he doesn't, and then gets befuddled when I ask him about it. So let's give him a call. 
Little Caesars. Dang it! Dang it! I was so sure that by not doing this for a while that you were absolutely not going to do that. No. Oh, I'm still on it. Are you kidding me? Um, do you feel like you are more or less intelligent than you were a year or five years ago? It's a solid question. I would say I think you get more intelligent as you get older. So I, I'm going to say more. I think the older you get, the wiser you get. I, I agree that you get wiser, but I think the functional capacity of my brain, like if we did a brain combine somehow, is lower than it was a couple of years ago. I actually think the less you drink and do other things, the smarter you are. And I know for a fact that you and I are not the same as what we were in that capacity. See, I think that my phone and basically constantly being online and doing things has made me dumber. I would agree with that. I I feel technology and phones in general has made everyone much dumber. I agree. I mean, you you don't have to think about anything, right? That's a good way to put it. I think that we may know more things, but overall the capacity to think, I think, has been erased for people. It's a constant stream of, of constant information. All that stimulation is not, like, the best thing for you. Yeah, no, I agree. Are you a betting man? I have been known to be on occasion, yes. Sports betting or gambling? Uh, both. Do you enjoy, like, betting on a game or something? Uh, no, because I don't think I've ever won a bet. It's actually widely known with everyone in my entire life that if you make a bet with me, you're going to win. Because you have bad luck or because you make stupid bets? Both. What's the biggest bet you've ever made? It was the Kentucky Derby my last year in Florida. I put down a significant amount of money on the second horse, second most favorite horse to to win, thinking, you know, that they were going to win. And I didn't even, I don't even think they, they placed or showed or anything. So I lost all that money. How much money did you put down? Uh, Just say it. Just say it. It was high three digits. I'll I'll say that. Like, are we talking 900 plus? Uh, (laughs) Between 750 and 900. Wow. That's a really dumb bet. That's like the worst thing to bet on. Oh, it was horrible. And I learned then because I also started dating my, my now wife then that. I probably shouldn't going. I probably shouldn't be going around just uh, you know throwing away hundreds of dollars. For one, I've never had that much money to throw away, so I don't want to come across as one of those kind of people because uh, I've never been financially gifted ever. Uh, but secondly, you know, you get a little inebriated and people are starting to throw ideas at you, and next thing you know, you're talking to a sports bookie named Scooter, and you're betting hundreds of dollars on a horse. That's a huge amount of bet to be putting down on a horse race. I was in Vegas the day that was the uh, Manny Pacquiao-Floyd Mayweather fight that was also the start of the Kentucky Derby. I put down a big bet of $20, and I about crapped myself over that. <laughs> Listen, I played blackjack and poker with you. You are a hard man to get a dollar out of, I'll tell you that. No, I, I, I get nervous. Now, now, somebody we know, I won't name him, uh, Ryan, uh, lost a significant amount of money uh, in roulette one time, but we won't have to, we won't tell that story. No, we won't talk about how the man put down 800 
and called red and lost it all. I mean, really, that's the same thing as gambling, like, on a horse, essentially. I would say, actually, that's probably got better odds. I mean, he's got 50-50. Anything that you put your money into that you can't control is a risk, in my opinion. That's a very wise statement. Let's follow that up with your tip of the week. Now it is time for the tip of the week. John Shaw is here with the tip of the week. His ideas are so big you can only handle the tip. So here he is with just the tip of the week. My tip of the week is not anything with uh, having to do with gambling, believe it or not. It has to do with growing things. I have a pear tree in my backyard. In Detroit. You have a pear tree in Detroit. Yes. I just don't imagine Detroit being synonymous with pears. Anyways, we're moving on from that. I don't have time to explain myself to you. So I have a pear tree, and it has overgrown. Usually, well, I shouldn't say usually. Last year, I waited till the end of November when there was snow on the ground to decide to go and pick up all the pears that had fallen off the tree. And there were a lot of pears, and it was freezing out. And they had started to rot and everything else, right? So, so, so this tip of the week is for all of my gardening earth lovers out there. A little different than what we're used to, but whatever. So I figured, I think it was Sunday I got out of work. I came home. I figured I would go outside to the pear tree, cut off some, some branches, and get underneath there and start cleaning now so I only have to do it ha- half as much in the fall. Here's what happens. I shake one branch, literally a hundred pairs fall to the ground. Literally a hundred pairs fall to the ground. I go, okay, this is how smart I am. I go, oh, well, I must have got all the loose ones. I break off another branch, another hundred pairs come down. So now I'm pissed. Now I'm doing, now I'm like thinking of ways like, what can I do to get even more pissed, right? And I'm thinking of all these ways to like, you know, what can I do to beat this tree? You know, beat these fucking pears. So I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, and it's hot outside. And now, all the bees that were at the top of the tree on these pears are now around my feet. I literally <laughs> looked, I looked down at my feet, and I go, if I get stung by a... And at that exact moment, I, got, I saw the bee latch onto my calf and just go to town. So, as I'm getting stung, you know, it hurts a little bit. So I kind of start wailing. And as I will, I can just see, like, my hands and my head in the pear tree now. And, like, all these pears are going everywhere. <laughs> so at the end of the day, not, at the end of the day, not only did I not pick up any pears, but I probably dropped about two to 300 more. I've created a bee's nest now on the ground, and I have a bee sting on my calf. So to wrap it up, my tip of the week is if you're going to do what I just what I just said I was going to do, make sure you have a better plan. Or just wait till the fucking fall when there's no bees and there's no leaves or no branches that you really have to contend with. All I can imagine is you just getting angrier and angrier as more pears continue to fall and the bees continue to sting you. After the first time when the pears fell, I started to get like, that's when the initial, you know, what the fuck am I doing, right? So I picked up a pear, 
And I'm like, I'm just going to fucking chuck this thing. Well, I can tell you, the arm isn't what it used to be. Please tell me you hurt your shoulder. Uh, I mean, it's sore, but I, I feel I feel worse for, like, my neighbor's, like, like the back of his house. Because I'm like, oh, I'll be able to clear my neighbor's house and get it onto the street. No big deal. I feel like you then didn't throw the pear very far if you couldn't even hit your neighbor's house for it, with it. I don't know. There's probably about 30, 40, 50 yards in between where I was and where the back of the house was. I think you should be able to throw a pear that far. I think I think that leads into the question of the week. How what far fruit? can you th- how far can you throw a pear? Like how like how far is an acceptable distance for throwing a piece of fruit? I feel like you should be able to throw a piece of fruit 50 yards. 150 feet. I think that's a good distance to be able to throw a piece of fruit. See, I I, I don't know to be honest with you. Pears are heavy and they're bottom heavy. So, like, they sink to the ground. So, if you don't throw them high, they're just going to take gravity. It's going to take them right down. Which piece of fruit would you say is the easiest to throw? Probably an apple because it's most like a baseball. I was going to go with an orange. I think an orange has a little bit more heft and you can kind of... It just lets you know you're throwing it. Yeah, but with heft comes, you know, the weight of it and, uh, you know, you got to get a certain angle. It's kind of like skipping stones. You ever skip stones? Yeah. I never did because I, I always used to get angry. I feel like you would be out there for an hour trying to skip a thro- stone and just throwing everyone straight into the water. Well, uh, pretty much, and it doesn't help when your your father comes up and, and tells you everything you're doing wrong and then watches you skip two or three stones wrong and then just decides just to push you down into the water and walks away laughing. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Dad. Appreciate that. So you're going to go with apple is the easiest fruit to throw? Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about for distance, I mean, yeah, I, I would go with apple, I suppose. Or a pear, but I, I feel like a pear, or not a pear, but a, uh, like a plum or a peach. But I feel like those are almost too small. Yeah, if you get a good solid-sized peach, I think that would be easy. I'm, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go my easy fruits to throw are going to be apple, orange, plum, peach, nectarine. Tough fruits to throw are going to be... Banana, blueberries because they're too small, strawberries too squishy, watermelon obviously way too heavy, and then pineapple. I mean, you might as well add cantaloupe on there. Cantaloupe also hard to throw. Let's just list them off real quick. Mangoes. I think you could throw that pretty easy. See, I don't. I, you can't throw mangoes that easy. Are it's, you kidding me? They're huge. Yeah, but it's basically. It's. I don't think it has a lot of heft. Grapes, raspberries, all in the too small category. Yeah, I think a grape would be easier to throw than a raspberry or a blueberry, though. You, you know what I feel like we're setting up, right? Go for it. I feel like I feel like we need to YouTube, like a YouTube challenge this, and see who can throw the piece of fruit the farthest. Which fruit goes the furthest? I agree with that. But we need to have we'll. We'll do it. We'll have other people. If you want to go ahead and send us video of you throwing various kinds of fruit, this is an excellent experiment. So the one that I suggested was top 10 things you don't know but other people seem to know. I'm going to go ahead and start. My number one on that one is going to be can you microwave, can you microwave styrofoam? Of course you can't. See, that's what I mean. Like, I thought it was up in the air and that people didn't really know this, but you seem to have a really solid opinion. I've been microwaving styrofoam for years. Yeah, well, you because you obviously have never had it start to, on fire. 
I really thought it was completely safe. I had no idea that anything was wrong with it. Well, that's, that says a lot about who you are as a person. What do you got? I, I just, this is going to make me sound real stupid. And I'm not saying other men know how, but there are certain men who seem to know how to do this a lot more than I can. And that's talk to a woman. Yeah, you are, um, you are, you are not, uh, you're not good at it. Let's just say that. I'm not Rico Suave. So back when I had a girlfriend who is now my wife and John did not, John and I would go out to the bars together and I would sit there and we would be at the bar and I would just ask the nearest girls around us, do you think this man is attractive? Yes or no. And I thought that that would kind of set him up. Like I would just say, "What are you? What are you putting him at on a scale of one to ten to these random women?" He's such a dick for telling this story. And inevitably, the first things out of John's mouth were usually like spittle. Yeah, well, most of them gave me a one, if I remember right. Most of them did say no, but you managed to find oh. one, so you got to give you well, credit for that. She's deaf, dumb, and blind, so it's all good. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, it doesn't matter if it's peanut butter or butter or whatever you put on bread, but even evenly distributing whatever on a piece of a uh, piece of bread. You can't do that. No, I put it all in the middle. Well, you just spread it around. I don't understand how you can't do it. Well, I guess you're better than me, I suppose. Do the you... worst is like the cream cheese on a bagel. But what do you? You mean you don't? You don't know how to spread it, or you just can't do it, or what are you doing wrong? Exactly. Like, I don't get how some people can just do it in, like, two seconds, and it's perfectly even. Well, is it really cold? I mean, are you using, like, frozen butter? What are you doing? I have no idea. I mean, it's not like I inspect it. I just, you know, whatever. Get some butter, some bread, put the butter in the middle, maybe fold it over a couple of times and eat it. So you just put, like, one big daub right in the middle, and you don't... <laughs> Most times, yes. But it's like saying, it's like somebody saying, I don't know how to rake. What do you mean you don't know how to rake? Some people don't know how to rake, I'm sure. I don't think so. I mean, you just, I did not know that there's different spellings of the name Jeff. God, you're so dumb. And, <sighs> okay, so first off, how, how, do you, how do you think Jeff has been spelled your entire life? J-E-F-F. I thought the other one was G-Off. Oh my god. I had no idea that was also Jeff. <laughs> and you know there's JFF too, right? Jaff. Is there really a JFF? Yeah. No, there isn't. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a professional baseball player. Jaff? Yeah, but they say Jeff, but it's. But it, it sounds. It, it looks like it's Jaff, but they call him Jeff. Knowing that a tomato is a fruit and not a vegetable. See, I feel like everybody knows that. I, I I don't think so. Same thing with avocados. Avocado's a vegetable, isn't it? No, it's a fruit. See, I knew that tomato was a fruit. I didn't know that avocado was also a fruit. First off, did you say tomato? <laughs> yeah, I think I just did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't know that there's a little signal on the gas gauge that tells you which side that the gas tank is on to pump. That's a good one. I, I, you know, that's the first one that I'll say. Good one too, because I, I didn't know that either till I met my wife. Staying with the car theme, one that I didn't know is when a when a light turns yellow, that means you're supposed to stop. Yeah, I've always interpreted that as speed up, unless you really don't think you're gonna make it. 
No, I always thought it meant that, like, if you think you can make it, you better hit, you better punch it. You better put on your Dale Earnhardt sunglasses and go to town, boy. Also, staying with the the car theme, I generally have no idea how to turn windshield wipers off. Uh, I mean, that's that's on you, man. I mean, come on. You've been driving for how long and you don't know that? Are you going to tell me, though, when you turn the windshield wipers off, that the first time you try to turn them off doesn't actually turn them on even faster? I'm not going to, to tell you one way or the other because I don't want... I don't want to be in the boat with you on this one way or the other. I'm just saying that I generally spend 10 seconds trying to turn the windshield wipers on in any given kind of car and a minute and a half trying to figure out how to turn them off. I, I'm, I got nothing. I, I have uh, I have not knowing when you're on a boat port from the uh, starboard sides. Yeah, I don't know that either. I feel like port is left and starboard is right. You know, the only thing that I really know is uh, out of Titanic, where the one guy is like, Icebog, right ahead! He doesn't say, like, aft or to the keel? I have no idea. He just points and it goes, Icebog, right ahead! I've never seen that movie. I refuse to watch it. Well, you're missing out on a great movie. That's Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Yeah, that's. I'm not watching it. Are are you trying to say something bad about Leo right now? No, I'm not. I just refuse to watch that movie. Well, that's your fault. Every time it's on TV, I watch it. Every time. Do you have you ever become emotional? No, not to that. What movie makes John Shell cry? You know, there aren't too many, believe it or not. I will tell you this, uh it's a wonderful to me almost every time. It's a wonderful life gets you what else? Shows. What shows make you cry? First off, it's not crying. It's getting emotional. It's not like I'm sitting there, like, weeping. Um, this Is Us is a good one. Maybe that's it. I go with planes, trains, and automobiles. You're such, you're such a doofus. You don't think the ending of planes, trains, and automobiles is emotional? Not at all. That's like you trying to tell me that the end of... Uh, no, what's that movie with uh, John Candy as the bobsled guy? Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings is sad. But I'm going to go You Got Mail and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You've got mail? Yeah. You, you've you got some sad emotions is what I'm thinking. I've, I've got, no, even now, thinking about it. Meets her in oh, the park. All right, all right. Well, I've, let's just move on. Is this thing wrapped up? Are we done yet? I don't really have any other things that... Everybody else seems to know, and I don't. Uh, besides uh, how to be a good person and a good human being, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it sounds like you're crying over there, so I think I think you should press stop before you start weeping. Getting a little bubbly, just thinking about it. I mean, it's got Tom Hanks in it, Meg Ryan. Oh boy, oh boy. Don't cry, shop oh girl. Don't cry, shop girl. So that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. If you can, like, download, subscribe, share. It really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Also want to remind you about the fantasy football contest that we have going on. You can find out more about that at profoundlypointless.com. Hoping to, hoping to really see some low scores out of that. And also, if you have any comments, we love hearing from people. So if there's any kind of movies that really make you cry any good gambling stories that you have. Also, what kind of fruit you think that you can throw the farthest, 
go ahead and find us on social media through our website and just let us know. Uh, Next week, I have no idea what we're going to do, but we'll figure it out and we'll all find out together. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.